think God loves it when we explain things to God so that God is able to better understand what's going on. Right. <laughs> well, you know, humanity does have a tendency of doing that. We just want to make sure that God sees it the way we see it, because the way we see it needs to be seen. All right, we're in chapters 9 through 11 here in the book of Acts. Yes, we're going to really dive into 9 and 10 specifically um, because there's so much to cover. So much to cover. And I, I, I really think people are going to like this episode on the podcast. Yeah, well, we, we definitely share a little bit more of our own experience um, with the divine. And um, hopefully it provides some some really good things to be thinking about and discussing with others. Yeah, and ways for everybody to be just a little more encouraged about having ongoing dialogue with God. Or Jesus, or the Holy Spirit, but you're always talking to all of them at the same time. You know what God loves? Tell me. How do you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just basing it on what we find here in these chapters in the book of Acts, Acts 9 through 11. Yeah. I think God loves it when we explain things to God so that God is able to better understand what's going on. Right. <laughs> well, you know, humanity does have a tendency of doing that. We just want to make sure that God sees it the way we see it, because the way we see it needs to be seen. N needs to be seen. And, and you know, I mean, really, when you think about it, mm -hmm. I mean, God's got all this whole world and universe to keep track of and keep an eye on. So naturally, he needs our help. And so, <laughs> so it's, we think, it's, yes. It's best if we kind of give God some insights in, into the situation. Right. Because, I mean, he's bound to forget some background info here somewhere. And, and it's really interesting to see this playing out here in the book of Acts. Yeah. And... And so it's it's a reminder to me that, you know, sometimes I just need to offer God a little help. Yes, right. Naturally. Naturally. <laughs> I'm sure God really loves hearing from you. <laughs> exactly. Well, I didn't always think so, but I'm, I'm feeling that maybe God needs a little extra input from me today. Okay. All right. Well, certainly you and Ananias have something in common. Say more. <laughs> so, well, so first let's back it up. Let's okay. back it up to the beginning of chapter nine, where Saul, there's a flash of light. Oh, brother Saul. Bro, brother Saul. And I mean, and he is just doing so much not good. He is persecuting God's people. He's binding them and leading them away. And now he's having his conversion moment, although he doesn't it's, know that's what's happening at the time. It's his real come to Jesus moment. He's literally coming to Jesus. Or Jesus coming to him. Right, either one. At the same time, both. And so there's flashes of light from the sky. 
And falling upon the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And you know what? He said, Lord, who are you? And he said, I'm Jesus, whom you persecute. And then I lost my place. (laughs) It's hard for you to kick against the prods. Yeah. And trembling and amazed, he said, Lord, what do you will that I should do? I mean, that's that's quite a conversion moment if you've if I've ever read one. I mean, it, I mean, it is a massive conversion moment, and he, and then he goes blind. Well, can we can we talk a little bit before? Well, in how Jesus addresses Paul? Yeah, please. Because. What I find so interesting about this encounter is Jesus says to Paul, why are you persecuting me? Mm-hmm. So who's Paul been persecuting? He's been persecuting Jesus. Right. He's been persecuting Jesus. How, though? Like who? By, binding, by binding Jesus' followers. Yeah, and so what What I find so interesting, mm-hmm. um, sort of seismic and um, really important is that Jesus doesn't say, why are you persecuting my people? Yeah, yeah. Jesus says, why are you persecuting me? me? Yeah. So why is that so meaningful to you? Break that down a little bit. Well, I, I think it, it really opens up what's happening here in the book of Acts, you know, as we've been covering these first several chapters and then what unfolds later. This whole business of being the church, this whole business of what the Spirit is doing, descending on people, it's not just sort of power and wonders. It's not just growing an organization. It's not just people coming together and sharing a communal life. They're becoming a body Mm. and not just any body. They're becoming the body of Christ Mm -hmm. in such a way and to such a degree that when something happens to this body, it happens to Jesus. Yeah. I mean, that's big stuff. That is totally big stuff. And it's exactly what Jesus said. It's exactly what Jesus talks about um, in terms of what his humanity is all about. Again, break that down a little bit. Break that down a little bit. You know, um, Paul actually breaks this down really well in in his letters to the Corinthians. Mm-hmm where he talks about what it means to be the body of Christ. And and he talks about how this whole death and resurrection of Jesus, Mm -hmm. it's happened to everybody. Mm. It didn't just happen to Jesus. And so we know that what happens to Jesus is a benefit to the whole world. And Jesus is saying what happens to the world happens to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's complete reciprocity between God and creation. Right. 
And, and this is what's getting named in Paul's conversion. You're right. This is massive. It's massive. It's, it's not just about Saul. Right, right, right. Right. It's about Jesus' relationship with all of humanity. Yes? Absolutely. And not, not just all of humanity, all of creation. All of creation. Yes. Right. It's not even just about people. Right. And because the transformation, so Saul becomes a microcosm for what the entire universe is experiencing. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Let's go to the universe. Let's go there. <laughs> Let's include everything. Well, everything is included. Right. And by God's creation. By God's creation. This this is the intent of God that um that Jesus becomes for us the threshold of all things. And and so we experience in our own transformation, we experience the transformation of the world. Mm-hmm. And, and that kind of, not just symmetry, but that kind of wovenness with the whole of creation is what explodes the movement of the Spirit on all of us. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. So so we've got the whole universe in our awareness now. <laughs> this whole the wholeness of this and the and the between between the divine and <clears throat> and all divine's creation. Okay. <laughs> so where do you want to go from here? I was I was thinking about Ananias, but you may not be ready to go there yet. I think we can go to Ananias, but what what I don't want people to miss. Yeah, highlight it, go. What I don't want anyone to miss is Paul saw, we're still with Saul. Saul's conversion, his being blinded, his his three days in the tomb of blindness. This is our experience. Mm. And so this is not just reading about someone out there who's had this come to Jesus moment. Yeah. This is this is the experience of humanity. Mm-hmm. It is our story. And and when we can read this as our conversion story. It really does blow open wide the doors to seeing our own lives anew. Mm-hmm. How does it help you see your life anew? I think for me, I mean, I've had so many death and resurrections in my life. <laughs> yeah. And so many times when I did not know I was blind did not know that I wasn't seeing. Mm-hmm. And, and I think for me, sort of re, rereading and, and really thinking about Saul's conversion is, is our continual need to... I think it's our continual need, my continual need, to be aware of the spaces in my life to which, in which, or for which I've just been blind. Mm, yeah. And 
and when I can when I can be aware of my blindness, even if it's not a present blindness, even if it's reflecting back on times when I've been blind, it's then that I'm newly open to receive the healing and resurrection that I need in my life. And, and that healing might come from another Mm-hmm. And so that other person may be what I need for the scales to fall from my eyes. Yeah. So that I can newly experience what God is actually calling me to do. Mm-hmm. And so in walks Ananias. In walks Ananias. And I love Ananias. I love Ananias because, as we started off, mm-hmm. he says, Hey, wait a minute. What? <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute, Jesus. You're, you're talking about Saul, you, the, the, guy, the, the guy from Tarsus? Mm-hmm. You're, you, you know who this guy is, right? Right. I mean, I know who this guy is, Jesus, but, but do you know who he is? Right. Because it doesn't sound like you do. Sounds right. So let me catch you up. Let, let me, me fill in the data points that you clearly don't have. Because I think you missed something in his background, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And 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 we need some good clarity here. Yes. <laughs> we definitely need some clarity. We need to really make sure we're on the same page because we're clearly working from different data points. Yeah. And yet, so he so he does his due diligence of like making sure. But then God says, but the Lord said to him, go, because this man is a vessel chosen for me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel. For I shall show him how many things it is necessary for him to suffer on behalf of my name. So God's pretty clear. God's pretty clear. He doesn't even say, don't be afraid, Ananias, that we got different data points. He just says, go. And then he does say with such utmost clarity, this man is a vessel chosen for me. Those are interesting words in themselves. How do you find them interesting? I find them interesting because Jesus says to Ananias, go. This man is a vessel chosen for me. Mm-hmm. Not, I have chosen him as my vessel. Right. And so there's even this awareness of God's been speaking to God here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the, the Trinity is having this conversation and, 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 and the Father's coming to Jesus saying... Saul is your guy. He's your guy. I mean, I've tapped him. That's what it feels like when I read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm and, with you. I agree. And and who knows? But and but it it reminds me of when Jesus tells the apostles that no one knows the hour, and and so there's there are these things that happen in Scripture that are just so mysterious. 
they but are there's mysterious. this inner conversation with God about, no, I think you need to get Saul. And, and you just kind of wonder, is, did, did Jesus say, really, Saul? Right. Did he have an Ananias <laughs> moment too with the father and was like, whoa, let, let's make sure we're on the same page. This guy? Yeah. Well, with probably a lot less resistance and yeah. perhaps a dialogue. I, I so appreciate you highlighting this because it's, it's not something I think of very often, but this is a perfect example, you're right, of the inner dialogue within the Trinity. Yeah. Right? That, that then ripples out. I mean, I think that's something we need to think more about is the dialogue within the Trinity. Yeah, I mean, this is our, this, this makes or breaks our understanding of who God is. Say more. So one of the realities that we confide in that God doesn't need us is because God is complete. So God is a community of persons. Mm-hmm. So God, God within God's own life um, has, has other people to rely on, as it were. Mm-hmm. And, and it also means that this dialogue within God is what gives rise to life, created life. Mm-hmm. And, and so God is not just a ball of energy that somehow explodes one day in the universe. Right. Rather, God is a dialogue. Mm-hmm. And, and it also means that our life as created beings, we are involved in that dialogue. Yeah. And, and that's exactly, and, and that's the beautiful thing about when Ananias and Jesus strike up this conversation. It doesn't seem to come out of nowhere. Yeah. It, it seems like a continued dialogue between Ananias and Jesus. It, absolutely. I know, and I appreciate that about it. Yeah. So you want to know what came to my mind when I... <laughs> I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure it was different than what came was, to my mind. It was very different, actually. I was thinking of Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. I was like, we, this is my wingman? Like, <laughs> this is the person I fully have to trust and rely on and communicate with closely in order to, like, carry out the mission. This is my wingman? I'm thinking of Val Kilmer. That's who I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about <laughs> ICE. <laughs> and so Jesus is... is um, Jesus is saying talking. to the Father, what? And, and the Spirit's over here saying, I got you. I got you. I, yeah. I'm, I'm going to work with him. Don't, I'm going to be flying up there too. No don't worries. Worry. Yeah. I am all over this guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> totally. Right. And I think, you know, it's kind of fun to um, think about the Trin- Trinity having this conversation about Saul. Mm-hmm. And, and something l- like this, I mean, something we can't even imagine is happening. Yeah. Right. W- within God in choosing Saul. Yeah. And isn't it fun just to kind of think about how it works? Oh, it's it's amazingly fun. <laughs> it's amazingly and, fun. And to think about how they might tag team, you know, the spirit going, I no no, I'm I'm gonna nudge him over here, you talk to him over there. Right, 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 <laughs> right, 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 right. It, it's all it's a three on one. It's really I mean like you're always outnumbered. You're always outnumbered. But and it of, and it's always one to one. At the same time. Yeah. Yeah. 
as part of the beauty of, of the mystery of it all. I also think, let's not miss that we're all Ananias, mm. right? Like we're all called to have this ongoing dialogue with the Trinity ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, so that in any given moment, it's just another iteration of what Jesus is saying to us yeah. or what the Spirit is breathing through us. And to have the freedom to say, this guy? The, right. And Are you sure? <laughs> are you sure? And then to have the wherewithal, as we read in 17, after Jesus says, yes, mm-hmm. this is the guy, mm-hmm. Ananias doesn't respond except, as, as Luke writes, and Ananias went off. And he went off. He went off. Yeah. I, I, I gave you all the, all the reasons why, you know, you've got this wrong, God. Yeah. And, and God says, no, this is how it's going to happen. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> so he goes and he went off and entered the household and laying hands on him, he said, not just Saul, mm-hmm. brother Saul. Brother Saul. Like he's taken him in, into the flock right there. Absolutely. It's just He's just following out the orders. He's being a really good wingman. And the Lord Jesus has sent me, he who appeared to you on the road by which you came, so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately, scales as it were, fell away from his eyes, and he saw again. And getting up, he was baptized. And accepting food, he grew stronger. Just carrying it out. Because because really, Ananias is a wingman. Saul becomes a wingman. You know? We're wingmen. <laughs> Everybody listening, you're Maverick. You're Ice, right? Like, like we, we are, we're all called. The book of Acts is just um, a, a first century version of Top Gun. It, Somewhat so, if you want to go there. So, but but I mean, again, I don't want it to be lost on us. Like, this is our life as disciples. This is our life in Christ, is that we too are nudged by the Spirit. We too have ongoing dialogue with Jesus. We too are given things by the Father, Right? It's not just stuff in the past. Not just stuff in the past. Constantly underway. Yes. A dialogue that never ends. And I, but again, I don't think we talk about this enough as Episcopalians. What part? All of it. About, <laughs> about having ongoing dialogue one-on-one with Jesus. Mm. Um, about being... Um, nudged by the spirit and trusting those nudges, um, all of it, all of it. I don't think we talk about it enough. And then just going and doing it. So what keeps us from that dialogue and from getting up and doing it? Probably related answers, but 
I'll say for me that the first part, let's take the first part, is so I've never really been one to have ongoing dialogue with Jesus. My ongoing dialogue has always been with the Spirit. Hmm. And so it's only been recently when I have really, I mean, Jesus has probably been knocking on my door constantly. And, and I, I had a Jesus experience during Holy Week um, several years ago now. But outside of that really intense encounter with Jesus, hmm. um, it's always been ongoing dialogue with the Spirit. But here recently, I have felt Jesus saying, you, you really need to be talking to me every day. <laughs> and I'm like, but that's not my thing. And he's like, I know it hasn't been your thing, but it kind of needs to be your thing now. So I've been standing in this crossroads of, am I going to receive the invitation to start having daily dialogue with Jesus? Huh. And, and so this week I have. Oh, and last week too. I can't remember exactly when it when it all happened, but um, so, I'm not really so good at least, time. At least two weeks with Jesus. At least with two <laughs> weeks with Jesus, talking every day, and um, you know he's surprisingly clear <laughs> about things. And so um, yeah, so this is all really new, and uh, love that it's happening right before the start of Lent, um, because I imagine this will be. You know, part of my Lenten practice could be a very different Lent for you. I think it's it's likely going to be a very different kind of Lent. Yeah, you know, it's funny because my experience is almost exactly the opposite. Okay. I mean, Jesus and I have been in dialogue for as, as long as I can remember. Buku's a time. Even even since I was a child. Mm-hmm. I mean, I see that's me in the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't remember a time when I wasn't having this dialogue with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and I would say um, it's only been rather recently that I've bothered to address the Spirit. Mm. I mean, there have been moments because I... I Bothers gr- yourself with the Spirit. What's that? Bothered yourself <laughs> to address the Spirit. Yeah. I mean, the Spirit can be quite bothersome. She can and and you know it's it's not um it's not exactly new but in terms of ongoing i mean i grew up in the holiness tradition and and so we we talked about the spirit all the time yeah not exactly talking to or with the spirit well okay so you're talking about the spirit but like were you following the nudges of the spirit oh absolutely i mean there was a a constant awareness of the spirit's movement mm. and the spirit at work in me and all around me and in others and all around others. I never grew up with a sense of this dialogue with God as um, you know I would. I would pray the Lord's Prayer, and in that prayer, I would say, Our Father. Mm-hmm. All of my prayers, though, were either, I think, um, directed toward God, as in the big guy upstairs, mm-hmm. or to Jesus. Mm-hmm. But all of my dialogue, like my conversations, mm-hmm. they were always with just Jesus. Mm. Yeah. See, I always prayed to God, mm-hmm. and 
Um, in fact, you know, I even wrote a book on the Holy Spirit. One of the um, publishers that I was talking to came back and said, but all your, all your prayers are to God, but the book is about the Holy Spirit. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> and so, so always praying to God, but all my conversations were with the Spirit. Yeah. So, you know, we have different ways in with the Trinity. Yeah. And it's one of the things I love about the three persons is um, we have different entry points. But, but You're always speaking with all three. You are. But, but there's a front person. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's the one that you're more aware of than the other two. Of, of course. While, while Jesus and the Father are going... Totally listening in. L- listening in and, and telling the Spirit... Hey, we'd like to go out and play with Caroline too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So now Jesus and, and, and I are having daily play dates. Daily play dates. <laughs> Where, whereas the spirit's going, no, no, no. She, she just wants me right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My main squeeze, the Holy Spirit. My main yeah. Squeeze. And, okay. um, but, but I do think it's, it's really. I mean, this, this continues to come up in, uh, the Book of Acts, but all over. Um, scriptures and and especially throughout the earliest days of the church is that our life is meant to be mm-hmm. an ongoing dialogue with God. Yes. So whether you're talking with the Spirit directly, speaking with Jesus directly, or if you've always got to go to the Father, mm-hmm. that ongoing dialogue is crucial to who we're becoming as human beings. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that's one of the wonderful things that gets highlighted here in this dialogue with Ananias, this dialogue with Saul, um, as we see in this next chapter, the dialogue with Peter and Cornelius, and and the, but it's they're in this constant dialogue, not just praying and asking for stuff, not just praying and um, giving glory to God, but in in dialogue mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's actually pretty exciting stuff. It is exciting stuff. Well, so let's let's move. Let's keep moving. Um, do we want to say anything about Tabitha? Tabitha, what do you want to say about Tabitha? Well, I guess I just want to highlight that she's here at the end of um, <laughs> chapter nine, and because it's yet a, a, a pretty powerful moment, right? Where I mean, we're going back to Peter here, um, but just that. I love this. And she opened her eyes, seeing Peter sat up. In giving her his hand, he raised her up. And calling to the holy ones and to the widows, he presented her alive. <laughs> presented her alive. Yeah. I really like the idea of, you know, being presented as alive. Yeah. That that word has... It bears it bears new meaning and more weight these days. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, I'm so mindful that, you know, bef- before we receive the name Christian for those who follow Jesus, um, Christians were known as the living. Mm-hmm. And, and what, what does it really mean to be alive? Mm-hmm. What does it mean to experience that aliveness in the world? 
what what does it mean to be presented to be alive presented to be alive yeah i mean i i think about this in terms of you know being really deeply attentive to what the scriptures reveal to us and how there are ways that we've maybe even neglected highlighting some of these things in in our services of worship and and what what might it um what might it feel like mm. if when we baptize a little baby mm. or baptize an adult mm-hmm. and we said i present to you tabitha alive alive yeah and and this idea of living into baptism of becoming fully alive absolutely i mean it may it, it strengthens that that connection and it deepens that awareness that we already have that we live on a on a borrowed source mm-hmm. right so our aliveness is not our aliveness mm-hmm. um we're vessels yeah. of the aliveness yeah. I mean, it just, you know, just as um, Jesus was saying in the debrief to Ananias mm-hmm. of this is the vessel chosen for me. Is it, this is the vessel. This is the vessel of the source. And we're all vessels of the source. Yeah. And, and if we can find small ways of saying that to each other. Mm-hmm. How would you say it? I, you know, I was actually thinking about that this morning. Um, I was thinking about how how we might change the passing of the peace. Mm. And, um, and I was reading something by John Philip Newell where he talks about St. Bridget and how um, the, the Celts would say, um, Christ, Mary, and Bridget be with you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And, and so, and that's getting indirectly at what we're talking about now, but I keep thinking about how we, we, we have a tendency to speak in terms that feel abstract. Hmm. And so the peace of Christ be with you. I think, I mean, that matters to me. Those words matter to me and, and they feel, feel, um, and maybe it's their familiarity, I don't know, but maybe. they... that's part of it, I think. They, they feel like there's something separate. There's something separate from... From the actual experience of yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, well, so what would you say? I think I need a little more time to think about time. it, but... Okay. Um, but you can tell there's something brewing in there. Something brewing. I mean, how how might it? And and this is this is a poor way of trying it on for size right here off the cuff. But um, but just ways of saying I see you as alive. Mm, I see you. Uh-huh. Or I experience you as alive. Good or you know, good morning, Caroline. Alive. Yeah. You're 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 <laughs> I alive. See, I see how alive you are today. You, you are alive. Yeah. And 
And I mean, can you imagine if somebody walked up to you and said, you are alive? Mm-hmm. I mean, you are alive. Or and, and even owning it for yourself. Yeah. Good morning. I am feeling so alive. I am, I am feeling the aliveness of God today. And you, you look awfully alive today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And <laughs> I like the both and. I like the being able to claim for ourselves, uh-huh. right? Like, like the agency in our vesselhood of just being able to, yeah, give voice to our own experience in the presence of someone else and, and seeing it and naming it in someone else. Both of those, I think, are powerful. Yeah. I, I mean, imagine, we, we do this all the time, right? When we say hi to somebody at whatever point of day. Hi, how are you today? Yeah. You know, imagine somebody's response being, well, I'm alive. <laughs> I'm alive. I am feeling alive. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot going on. I've, I've got a couple of headaches in my life right now, but I am alive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and what, that, what that might do to alter our own sensibilities. Yes. And, and the sensibilities of those around us just to go alive. Alive. What kind of a response is that? Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> and, and what it made me kind of think about, too, is like I imagined like this... Um, it makes me more aware both of the source within and also more aware of my vessel, right? Like, I mean, it's a, it's a moment of taking this little tiny inventory of vesselhood and source and saying, because when you're saying I'm alive, you're basically saying my vesselhood's feeling pretty strong with the source, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm in touch with the source within my vessel. Yeah. And, and it's a, it, it, it's also a way, because when we're talking about aliveness, there are so many things that make us feel alive mm-hmm. because really wonderful, good things mm-hmm. make us feel alive. Yes. And really challenging, hard things make us feel alive. We forget that oftentimes about the negative side, I think. I think it's easy to overlook. And and maybe there's something about God presenting us to the world as alive mm-hmm. that can help shift our um, shift our disposition, our orientation just enough so that in the hard times, in the challenging moments, we can we can harness the struggle mm-hmm. we can harness the anxiety the fear whatever it might be to increase our sense of aliveness and and not let the not let the struggle cripple us so that we forget that we're alive mm-hmm. cuz it it can swing both ways if we're not careful and and if we can remind ourselves and others can help us remember <laughs> that we're alive, mm-hmm. then everything becomes a source of aliveness. Exactly. And so, you know, to go 
to go to that, that negative side, I mean, sometimes I'll experience something so intense in the negative direction that I feel, I don't feel like I'm alive. I feel like my first instinct is to say I'm dying, right? <laughs> right. right? Like This what is I'm, killing me. This is killing me. <laughs> and, but when I drop into paying attention to the feelings and sensations of my body and, and what is present in my vessel, in those moments, it actually makes me in touch with, oh my God, I am so alive right now. Which enables us to find our way through. Exactly. By the grace of God. Mm-hmm. In dialogue with Jesus. Constant dialogue. Being nudged by the Spirit. So there's that. So there's that. <laughs> so there's that. So let's, let's move on into chapter 10. So Cornelius, so we have this, this other example, and it mirrors in interesting ways um, chapter 9 that we just did, but you have Cornelius and Peter having a very, um, they're having the same experience in their own ways, right? Basically. Basically, right. And so Cornelius has a vision. Clear. Clearly saw. Clearly saw in a vision. Yeah. During the the hour of prayer, an angel of God coming into him and saying to him, Cornelius. Because <laughs> that's how angels speak. Cornelius. <laughs> Sometimes an angel speaks to me this way, Caroline. Like, I don't want to sneak up on you. I don't want to scare you too much, so I'm going to whisper your name. Caroline, over here. Yeah, my experience with angels has always been... Hey. <laughs> sometimes it happens to me that way too. Or sometimes it's just the middle of the night. I feel like they're like shaking me. Shaking, hey, jarring. Is now a good time? And, and, but what I love is clearly saw. Clearly, clearly saw. saw. Mm-hmm. What I wouldn't give for clearly seeing. Yeah. Oh. Wouldn't that be something? And so gazing at him and growing terrified, he said, what is it, Lord? <laughs> <laughs> I love what? that. I love that Cornelius and the angel have the same voice. <laughs> what is, I need to work what on is, my acting skills. What is it, Lord? <laughs> what, is, what is it, Lord? Well, but he, but he's he's he's, he's growing terrified. He's, he's like shaking in his boots. He's like, what is it, Lord? <laughs> like, do I even do I even utter these words? Do I even want to hear the answer? It's just, I mean. This just provided a whole new dynamic for this passage. <laughs> the okay. voice, the voiceovers of the angel and Cornelius. Yeah. I wonder what Peter's going to sound like. Well, stay tuned. So, <laughs> so let's jump down to Peter. So Peter, certainly not. <laughs> Peter, um, he's also during um, prayer. He becomes hungry. I always um, get hungry when I pray. And he, okay, we're going to jump over that. And he beholds the sky opened and an object descending like a great sheet being let down to the ground by four corners on which uh, were all the, on which were all the quadrant. Quadrupeds. Quadrupeds, thank you. And reptiles of the earth and birds of the air. And a voice came to him. Arise, Peter. <laughs> Sacrifice and eat. And here, Peter has the Ananias moment, right? Certainly not. <laughs> Peter does get a different voice. Certainly not, Lord, for I have never eaten anything profane and impure. 
He's like, I've worked my whole life to, to follow the very thing you told me. And now you're giving me different instructions by this weird experience with the sheet and four corners and the reptiles and the birds and all the things. And just like that, you want me to trust that you're changing the game on me? Well, so, <laughs> so it happens a second time. And a voice said to him, do not deem profane what God has made pure. And then it happens a third time. And then the object was taken up from the sky. Don't you, don't you love that Peter always needs three opportunities? It sounds like me. I always need three opportunities too. <laughs> Thank you very much. And so, and so then Peter's left wondering within himself. I mean, don't we all? I mean, we have a God experience and we're just wondering within ourselves what in the world, <laughs> what the vision he had seen might be. And then life just keeps happening. <laughs> the men who were sent by Cornelius. So then, so then you had the parallel experience starting to, to interact, right? We had the point of contact. You're with me? I'm with you. Okay. I am. I am on the same page. Okay. You literally, you've got your, your Bible open too. And calling out, they asked, is Simon also called Peter, perhaps lodged here? So And so as Peter was, was pondering the vision, the Spirit said, see, I mean, the Spirit doesn't even leave him alone. I mean, the Spirit's helping him to figure it out bit by bit. Spirit says, see, two men are seeking you, but rise and go down and go with them, hesitating over nothing, for I have sent them. And again, I mean, it must be so nice to hear that so clearly and just be like, listen, this is it, go. Yes? I think it would be great to hear it so clearly. And I think it's also interesting that, um, so it, three visions, three opportunities. Yeah. Peter always needs three. And and the Spirit says, okay, I've given you three, three ways of seeing this. Mm -hmm. Now stop hesitating, get up and go. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So he goes. And then, and then I love this part further down where he has the realization, Peter has the realization, God also showed me that I must not call any man profane or impure. So he's drawing the, he, he's really connecting the dots, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, all these quadrupeds, these were, this was about what God is asking me to do with this centurion. Yeah, and so then I love what happens next. So then Cornelius and, and Peter, they get to swap notes. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is what was happening to me. Whoa, what was happening to you? And I was praying here, what happened? Oh, I was praying here, what happened? Right? <laughs> and so they get to have this back and forth. And in that dialogue, something new happens. Yeah? Yeah. Because that dialogue between Cornelius and God and between Peter and God were so that Peter and Cornelius might enter into dialogue. Right. So that the Spirit might give rise to that, that resurrection life, that resurrection moment. Mm -hmm. and, and each of them experience God newly. Yes. And so not only are, are they both experiencing God newly in their own dialogue, but even 
there's there's a there's another deepening awareness, a a, a, a new newness, mm-hmm. as it were, that that they experience when they start swapping notes and they get together, and and then that that further that deepening transformation happens because they become part of the dialogue together. They start creating together with God. Yeah. Right. I mean, we're, we've been, um, I've been working on the Celtic service for Sunday and it's, um, we're going to recognize St. Bridget because our feast day is February 1st. And she was a saint of thresholds. Mm-hmm. And it's hard not to see Cornelius and Peter in a threshold, right? I mean, they've, yeah. they've both had these numinous, uh, liminal experiences with God and then that pertain to each other, but it's so much bigger than how it pertains to each other yeah. because how they're experiencing um, humanity and those that are considered other become transformed, yeah, and and they give birth to something new. Yeah. Because what they give birth to is is everybody being able to experience God newly. Yeah, so listen to this last part, okay? Where it says in in verse 44, while Peter was still uttering these words, the spirit, the holy one, fell upon all those listening to the discourse. And the faithful among the circumcised, as many as had um, accompanied Peter, were astonished because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even upon the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, this is another Pentecost moment, right? It is the spreading of the Spirit and recognizing that the Spirit has no bounds. Yeah. It, that the Spirit is for all of humanity. There is no other and all of creation. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Cornelius and, and Peter having their experiences with God and then being willing to dialogue about it with one another, it's, again, it's not just about them. Not at all. And, and what's wonderful is that it in no way leaves them out. And, and their, their vesselhood is is strengthened and heightened because it reaches so far beyond them. Yes. Right. And then I love that that part towards the end of chapter 10 and we we hear Peter utter similar words at the Ethiopian uttered. Mhm. Mhm. Can anyone forbid the water for baptizing these persons who have also received the Spirit just as we did? Yeah. That expansion is just amazing. Completely. Mm-hmm. And, and what's so um, interesting, I think, is that um the the next logical step is well can anybody stop this from happening right <laughs> right you yeah. know yeah i mean who who can forbid us from doing this now yeah and so 
I want to, I want to, much like <laughs> chapter nine, I want us to not miss the call on our lives as people of faith that when we have holy experiences, that um, they're meant to be lived out and shared with others because who knows who else is having a similar experience. Like we're, we are called into dialogue. Dialogue's not just this, you know, well, maybe we'll dialogue, maybe we won't. No, we're, dialogue about the holy is part of the call on our lives. It's an integral aspect of what it means to be human. Yes. And and what what happens when when I tell you what what the spirit is doing in my life mm-hmm. and you tell me what the spirit's doing in your life suddenly a path toward new life that neither of us saw before opens up. Mhm. And we keep ourselves from it when I keep my experience of what the Spirit is doing to myself. Yes, right. And so the fullness of what the Spirit is doing in my life occurs only when it's shared with others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, so... I don't know if there's been a text so far that we've used in small groups that is a more powerful call to understanding why we're reading scripture in small groups. Yeah. Why why we're sharing our lives, our understanding of how the breath of God has moved us in our lives, how God has has met us. Um, our conversations with Jesus, our nudges of the Spirit, sharing those um, in conversation with other people, we need to do this. It's, it's part of the call. And, and it's how we become presented to the world as alive. Right. I mean, it really is a matter of aliveness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so it may be that, you know, when you have a conversation um, about your spiritual life with someone else, mm-hmm. you know, at the end, we may say to one another, whoa, you're really alive. <laughs> yes. You know? You are alive. And, and in that dialogue, we get to witness each other's aliveness, not just in the words, but in the energy and the tone of voice and the body and uh, all of it. All of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, who doesn't want to have that dialogue? You know, <laughs> who who doesn't want to be seen in their aliveness? Um, and who doesn't want to see somebody alive? Oh my gosh, it's one of my favorite things to seeing someone alive. Yeah. And like, and their their, their vesselhood shining with aliveness. Mm. Stay tuned. I'm going to preach a little bit about that on Sunday morning. <laughs> So it's been another great episode here. Right here at the threshold of becoming fully alive. That's it, in a nutshell. So we're glad that you joined us. And um, again, please, um, we thank you for listening, but please really consider finding somebody to have conversations with about um, this book of Acts. and Someone and- to dialogue with about your dialogue with God, whether it's Jesus, the Father, or the Spirit. Right. 
Um, but but to share that with somebody, somebody that you trust, somebody that can see you. And, um, and if you're looking for um, a group um, to have these conversations with, please come and join us at Church of the Ascension on Sunday mornings at 9.15. We would love to see you there. And don't forget that tonight we have our monthly Celtic service at five o'clock. Yes, and um, you are going to be offering the reflection. And I am? You are. Oh. Um, at least that's what the schedule <laughs> says. And um, Jason and Carrie Hardy are going to be um, our, um, our artist um, on Sunday evening. They're both opera singers. And Jason is the head of the Knoxville Opera Company here. Yes, and they're going to bring their accompanist. Um, Elizabeth Moore will be here on the piano. Mm. And it's going to be a lovely evening. So we hope that you can join us. Yes, Sunday evening, February 19th at 5 p.m. And you're always welcome to join us for any of our events, activities, and services of worship here in Ascension. Um, Our regular service times are at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. And be sure to visit spiritusnox.com for so many opportunities to get engaged and deepen your spiritual life. We hope to see you at any or all upcoming events.